I am wrapping up our series called Family Matters. How many of you would say, man, this series has really touched my family. It is kind of messed with how I looked at godly family. And today, as I wrap it up, I'm going to talk about an element of family that everyone deals with and that no one is exempt from. In fact, today we call our Sunday Family Sunday, and we have K through fifth grade here in our service this morning with us. So whether you are a kindergartner, a fourth grader, whether you're married, whether you're single, no matter what, you all are a part of a family, and I know that you have had this eight-letter word called conflict. Everybody say conflict conflict. So today we're talking about how to deal with family conflict. And the reason why I believe that this is a great way for us to wrap up this series is because we got to walk away from this series with some practical application that we can put into our family conflicts so that we do not destroy our families from the inside out because we don't actually know how to deal with conflict. How many of you, you would say, oh my gosh, when there's conflict, I run. I hate conflict. I cannot handle, we got some hand raisers over here. And uh, so some of you are like that. You're just like, I can't deal with conflict. We just don't deal with it at all in my family, which is causing more conflict. And some of you, maybe you'll say, I actually am always in conflict. I mean, conflict just follows me wherever I go, especially in my family. And so today, before we dive in, I have a few little cute pictures of minions who have some cute things to Say about families. So we just throw a couple of these pictures up here. This minion right here is saying, Wi-Fi went down for five minutes, so I had to talk to my family. They seem like nice people. Okay, I shook my family tree and a bunch of nuts fell out. Every family has one weird relative. If you don't know who it is, then it's probably you. Probably you. Yes. When I get a headache, I take two aspirins and keep away from children just like it says on the bottle. <gasps> it's family we love children. Just kidding. All right. <laughs> and so today as we talk about Family Sunday, I'm going to focus on a scripture in James chapter 4. And there are two scriptures. This entire message is on two scriptures that I believe, two verses, that I believe if we would wrap our perspective around what these two verses are saying... It will change the tension and the water level and the issue of conflict in our lives. And we're going to focus on those today. James 4, 1 through 2 says this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? The Bible actually just says, I know you're going to fight. I'm just going to call it out. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And so today, as we focus on these two scriptures, I believe, truly I believe, I've been praying all week, that there is a principle in here that will change how we deal with conflict in our families and in our relationships. And one thing that I realized in my own life is one of the ways that we deal with conflict and I've dealt with conflict, when I'm in an argument with someone, with my brothers or my sister or my husband, I realize that it's really important to me that I win the fight. How many of you are winners? You know, you're just like, I forgot what the conflict is. I just need to win. I just need to have the last say. I have got to beat you in this argument because I 
am right. And uh, so we think that that is how we handle conflict, but actually what happens is that we didn't actually deal with the conflict. The conflict has come back to us over and over and over again. We just kind of settle it for a second because someone won the argument, right? And so I had a little argument going on with my brother. My brother lives in Kansas where I grew up. My mom lives in Kansas as well. And she was just here in Seattle last week actually. And we were in the car and she hands me her phone and she says, hey, Amrita, would you type in this place in the map so that we can get wherever we're going? And I'm like, sure. Well, she hands me her phone, which is an Android phone. And I am of the belief that iPhones are the superior phone. I know we're about to start some conflict in this place, right? So my mom hands me her Android and I'm like, um, mom, how do you get to the home screen? She's like, just get to the home screen. I'm like, on the iPhone there's one button and we use this one button all the time to get to the home screen and I cannot for the life of me get to the home screen on this Android because I don't know how to use it. And what happened a while back ago is that me and my brother, uh, we were fighting because we were like, I was like, mom, you need to get the iPhone. He was like, no, mom, you need to get the Android. Android is better. And I'm like, iPhone is better. And I need you to hear me out, Android people, okay? The reason why I wanted my mom to get an iPhone is because I wanted to FaceTime her so she could see her little grandson. And FaceTime is just what you get when you get an iPhone. It's the best part. But she got an Android. Okay, so my brother and I were going back and forth about an Android and an iPhone, and we were just going back and forth. We're just bickering at each other. This was a couple years ago when she got her phone, and we just sort of lost sight about what was best for mom. What is best for this poor woman whose children are fighting over the superior race of a cell phone? And we just, I just wanted to win the argument. Don't we do that? We forget the conflict. We don't think about really what's best. We're actually on the same team. We want mom to have a phone that works and that can call her children and all of this. And, but we just have to win the argument sometimes. And I believe today that wherever there is family, there is conflict. Wherever there is family, there is conflict. We're not exempt from that. Every one of us deals with that. And some of you have realized in your families, you've experienced in your families total and complete destruction of a relationship in your family. Some of you have never, haven't seen your brothers and sisters in years. Some of you haven't, haven't talked to your mom in months or your dad in months because there's just been a complete breakdown because of an inability to deal with the conflict. Some of you don't even remember the conflict that we were even talking about. Some of us are sitting beside a family member right now and there's a little tension there. She's like, you're like, um, she's preaching about something that we're gonna have to talk about later but I don't really want to, you know? Some of us are like, why is it that I get along and I don't, ha I, I don't have conflict with my work, I don't have conflict with my friends, but at home, I can't seem to get on the same page with my family. There's this conflict in my house all of the time. Why? And so we have these experiences with conflict. And I want to just tell you this. I want to take a second and just say, you know what? I grew up a church girl. And I would go to church every Sunday. But we had some major conflict, which I'm going to share later in my sermon. We had some major conflict going on at home. But I didn't know that that was okay to share. 
And so I want to say I'm glad that you're at church today and I'm glad that we're talking about conflict and we're talking about the experiences that we're having with our family relationships because I used to have, we used to have conflict in my home and we'd show up at church and we'd put a smile on our face. And it was fake and it was like, okay, well, I'm about to go back home into the mess that we just drove up here with. But we got a smile on our face. I didn't know until later on that my friends were going through messes at home too. So I just want to say church, church is the place to bring our mess and talk about conflict and figure out what all, what, what all happened here. Why, why can't I talk to my brother and my sister? What, what's going on? And so I commend you for being courageous enough to deal with the conflict in your family. And we all deal with conflict so differently, don't we? I've got uh, five different things up here on the screen. Some of us, you know, we're peacemakers. We're just like, listen, conflict, what? Like, I just don't want to deal with it. So whatever you need, just take it. I'm not, I just, I'm just kind of walking away, slowly walking away from the family conflict that's happening. You're a peacemaker. Or maybe you are a sulker. You know, you're just kind of like the victim. Nobody understands me. Oh, I'm just sulking around, right? And uh, you're just kind of that person. Or you're the stuffer, right? You go into your sister's room or your brother's room and you say, hey, you doing okay? I'm fine. Okay? <laughs> you don't really seem fine. You know, like just the stuffer. Like, I'm just stuffing everything in and I don't talk about anything. And I just deal with conflict by just stuffing it down. Let's just get through the next hour. Let's just get through this dinner meal with my family. I'm just going to not deal, Right? Or some of us are the lawyer. You know, you're the arguer. You, it says layer. It's supposed to say lawyer. Put a W. Put a W in that. Put a W in that. So you're the lawyer, and you just argue with people, and you back them in a corner, and you always have to be right. You know, these people, they are always right. They're never wrong. They're not teachable. They just kind of lawyer you out of every conflict, right? They win the argument. Or how about the screamer? Any screamers in the house? You know, you're just like... <laughs> if you know Jamie, uh, I believe that. I'm actually one too. Um, but you just, you gotta scream it out. You just gotta get it all out there. You raise your voice. You're just the yellers. You get it all out. And, and uh, so you're the screamers. And uh, I actually come from a family of screamers. Um, it kind of feels good to scream out your conflict, but it doesn't always help the conflict. But there are many ways that we deal with conflict, right? And these is, this is just the start. There's so many. Some of you are like, in my family, Amrita, we never talked about what was happening. There was dysfunction, there was some weird stuff going down, but we never even talked about it, you know? And so we deal with it differently, and I believe that God has, in James chapter 4, in these two verses, the key to help us deal with family conflict in a way that does not destroy our family system. And James chapter 4, 1, it says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? My first thought this morning is this. The conflict in you causes conflict with others. See, this is what happens when we have a conflict. We just say, listen, no, they are the ones that have the problem. They're the ones that said this wrong. They're the ones that didn't show up. It's their fault. They're the ones that are addicted to a drug. They're the ones that have a problem. They, 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 they. And the whole time in this scripture, it's saying, what causes quarrels and fights? Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. James is saying, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? 
You see where I'm going with this? We have to be careful. We say, if my husband would just do this, if my wife would just stop doing this, if everyone would just do what I say, we could have some peace in this family. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny, but I'm glad that it hit you. It hit you. It just hit you right there. And it's because of us. It starts in us. The Bible, Jesus Christ will always say, it comes back to the state of your heart. This is what happens. And we play so quickly that, that blame game. And we point fingers and we say, no, you, you're the one that started this. This is your issue. And we get so far away from James chapter 4, verse 2. And we don't even see that actually, whether or not your family member has a problem, the fact that you have a problem with that problem is something you need to figure out. And you need to own. And we have to be careful to not point fingers. Okay, so I'm going to bring you into a family conflict, a marriage conflict of Pastor Pritipan and Amritha. But we always check with each other to tell these stories, make sure we don't, you know, like throw each other under the bus. Okay, <laughs> we love each other. We love each other. So I ask you, I ask you, can I share this conflict? So for six years, we have had a, we have a, we have had a conflict that um, we just had to keep revisiting over and over again. And some of you are going to think this is ridiculous, but this has been a real thing. This has been a real thing for us. So my husband, if you don't know, is just funny and joyful. He's playful. He loves to just, you know, he likes to just tackle me and wrestle me. And he likes to just pick on me. You know what I mean? And um, I can handle that for like a minute. But at some point, you just cross the line. Like, we'd be sitting before we upgraded Hulu. We'd be watching Hulu. And there would be commercials. We don't do commercials anymore. And you're about to find out why. And... Uh, <laughs> So we'd be sitting, we'd be watching TV, and every commercial break, Pretty Ben's like picking at me and poking at me and just doing something, just because he's playful, you know, he's just got a lot of joy, you know, and I'm just like, okay, like, can you stop now? Like, every single commercial break, he's like, what are we supposed to do in commercials? And I'm like, watch the commercial! Just don't touch me! You know what I mean? And he just, and, and sometimes he just, he's aggressive, you know, he's a guy, he just likes to have fun, you know, and, and sometimes I'm like, honey, it hurts, please stop. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was like practicing this, and I was like, I, I want to make sure it doesn't sound like abuse, okay? This is like friendly play, okay? And so I, um, but I just, it, it just started to ear irritate me. And um, so this is what happened. Pradeepin would play so, sometimes so hard and so rough and just, just trying to have fun that I started getting really angry. I was like, you don't listen to me when I tell you to just chill. I just can only handle, like, like we, need to, we need a time frame where we can do this and then it stops. And, um, and we need, and then I said, and I need a safe word, babe. I need a safe word. When you've gone too far and you're holding me down and you're tickling me and I can't breathe, I need a safe word. I need a safe word. He said, I'll give you a safe word. You can have a safe word. He said, okay, here's your safe word. Your safe word is, is this, I don't want you to just say this safe word, you have to sing it. So no matter what, no matter what's going on, no matter how long it's been, you can call the safe word, you can sing the safe word, and I'll stop. No matter what, I'll stop. I'll just, I'll just stop. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And he goes, you have to sing the phrase, stop in the name of love. like pin down you know and he's like just tickling me and, I, and instead of me saying stop in the name of love I have to say stop in the name of love 
like trying to figure out how to like sing this song and that is our safe word to this day that this conflict has gotten to the point where we at least have a safe word people can we give it up for conflict and resolving conflict in this place but what was happening, what I realized, and this is such a great example, what I realized is I used to get furious. At some point it was too much. And I would get furious and I would get mad and it would end in an actual real fight. This is funny, it's kind of funny, until it's not funny anymore because Amritha just got real mad. Like we just crossed the line. And I would just say, if you would just stop, if you would just watch the commercial, if you would just, then I wouldn't blow up then I wouldn't have to just get so mad that you would finally listen to me. Do you see what's happening? I begin to point blame, and I put my happiness in his hands. And I say, if you stop doing that, then I will be happy. No, 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 no. James is saying, no, no, no. Don't put your happiness in someone else's power. The, the conflict, the quarrels, the fights that happen are because of the conflict within you. And that is causing conflict with someone else. And so even though he's the one picking on me, I have a responsibility in my part of the conflict. And that will change our family's life. It will change how we teach our children how to deal with conflict. Don't fight and quarrels among you because of the desires that battle within you. If we would have the courage, church, if we would have the courage and the boldness and the braveness to just say, wait, 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 wait a minute. I have a part to play in this. I have a conflict. I want happiness. There's something that I desire. And instead of putting that on the person we're having conflict with, we've got to own that. We've got to say, there's no excuse, there's no reason for me to blow up at my husband, even though it feels like it's his fault. That's not okay. That's not okay. The second thought I have this morning is this. Destruction happens when we don't get our way. James 4 verse 2 says this, you desire but you do not have, so you kill. And many of us aren't actually killing our families, although we kind of like to sometimes. We're not necessarily doing that, but I want you to hear this. Sometimes there's something that you want so badly that you're, you're hurting the people that you love the most. I've been so convicted by this at times in my life, and I'm like, how can, I, how can I go to church and be nice to everybody else and not be nice at home? That's not okay. And some of you are like, wait, 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 Amritha, just a second. I'll own my stuff, but he's the one, I'm going to get real serious here, he's the one who said, till death do us part. She's the one that said she would never leave. They're the ones that keep screwing up. I'm the victim here. They have the addiction problem. They have the whatever problem that it is that's very serious. I know that there are families that, that don't even do holidays together anymore because there was a conflict that happened years ago that has yet to be resolved. And it's, it's their fault. So we don't even share a holiday with our brothers and sisters and know their children. And we don't even help our children realize how to have reconciliation with the family member because it's their fault. And we're still blaming and we're still pushing. And ultimately, it's all about us and our selfishness comes out so deeply. And we put pressure on our kids. We've got kids who say, listen, 
and, or, or, or even adults who just say, my parents were never happy with me. They always have a criticism. There's always something that they want from me that I can't give them. Or parents, you are living vicariously through your kids. And the excuse that you make in the conflict is by saying, I want the best for them. I want them to reach their potential. But really, it's all about you being fulfilled. You need to feel more proud of your kids, right? We gotta be really careful here. The problem and the conflict begins inside of us. And we bring destruction to our relationships. We bring destruction because we're not getting what we want. We're not getting our way. They're not helping my happiness. And so, the end of verse 2 says this. You covet, but you cannot have what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And we're right back where we started. We're right back where we started. The whole time that we're fussing and griping and angry and mad and tentious, we're saying, it's them, it's them, it's them. And James is saying, no, 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 no. It's you, it's you, it's you. This will change the tension in our families. I got um, a few of the inspiration and ideas from, for this message from a pastor named Andy Stanley. And he said something so practical that I love. And this is what I want you to take away today. And uh, I want us to do something practical in our conflict to actually make a change in how we deal with our conflict. And I believe that if we would for a second just say, in our anger and in our rage and in our frustration, if we would get out our finger and we would say, you know what part of the problem is here? I'm not getting my way. That will change a lot of things. This week, oh man, I, I was trying to practice this and my pride just kind of got up there and I didn't do a great job. It's going to take some time. Give yourself some grace. But we've got to be people who when we're about to fight or we're in that fight, we say, you know what part of the problem is here? I said part because I know it's not all your fault. You know what part of the problem is here? I'm not getting my way. I'm not getting my way. I want you to get out your finger. We're going to say this together. Because if we do it here, it'll at least break the ice for us. If you don't have got your finger, okay? We're going to say this together. It's on the screen. Maybe. Maybe it will come on the screen. Get our fingers out, and we're saying this. Even if you're, if you're like me, you're in the shower, you're in the car, and you're revving up, man. You're thinking, I'm going to say this to him. I'm going to say this to her. And I'm going to win this battle. And then they're going to say this to me. And then I'm going to say this to that. And I'm just going to crush him, right? And so get your fingers out. Let me see your fingers. And we're going to say this together. Everybody ready? You know what part of the problem is here? I'm not getting my way. Doesn't that feel good? I'm not getting what I want. Either way, it works. They mean the same thing. <laughs> they mean the same thing. Either way it works. But this will change. Can you imagine what will happen in your home? Can you imagine what will happen in your relationship with the person that you struggle with the most if you would be the first to be the adult, to be a godly person and just say, you know what part of the problem is here? It's not actually all your fault. I do play a part in this. It will change our family dynamics. It will make a huge difference in family conflict. The next point I have is this. Ask God. Ask God. James chapter 2, or chapter 4, verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. 
Has it occurred to you in your family conflict, in the issue that you're dealing with, in the deepest, most hurtful, most awful sense, has it occurred to you to bring God into that place? Has it occurred to you before you go raise your voice and yell and all this? Has it occurred to you to say, Jesus, I do really need that person to change, but I'm at least, at the very least, going to bring you into this. You do not have a good relationship with your family because you do not ask. God. Andy Stanley, he says this, he says, listen, the, the whole first part of some of these thoughts, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can go ahead and just kind of implement them and they're good ideas and maybe they'll help you out a little bit. But if you're a follower of Jesus, this is not an option. We as followers of Jesus are the ones that are supposed to live by the scriptures and say, the battle, the conflict within me is causing conflict with us, right? And I just want to say this, church, there is a real hell and a real heaven. There is a real hell with a real devil. And I believe the way that the devil wants to ruin our society is to break down our family. It starts at home. There is a devil that wants to destroy your family relationships. And some of you know what I'm talking about. But God wants to restore. He wants to bring what we've sang about. From death, there is life. And if you're sitting here this morning and you say, Amritha, there is a family member. There is a relationship that is so dead. Or it's on its way to being dead. Listen, I want to give you some hope. It doesn't have to end here. It doesn't have to end here. You do not ask because you do not ask God. You don't have because you do not ask God. Ask him to come into that situation. Don't relent. If, like Pastor Pradeepan said in this whole series, if we would fight for our families, God will fight for us. God will fight for us. Don't let your family relationships be ruined. You don't get to pick your family. I didn't get to pick my family. But God did. And he was in that. And you got to trust that. You got to trust it and you got to own and deal with family conflict. Family conflict is where we, we start just, everything starts unraveling. But I encourage you this morning, there's hope. There's hope. Be the first to say, you know, you know what part of the problem is? It's me. It's me. That, that will change everything. That will change everything. Have you considered that what you want from your family or your family members is something that they can't give you? Have you considered that? So many times we want our husbands or our wives or our people to change, and it's, they can't give us what, what it is that we want, but God can. God can change our hearts. This is why. You do not have because you do not ask God. So ask him. Don't, don't put so much pressure. Don't, don't put your happiness in someone else's hands, right? Consider the fact that what it is that you want so badly before you can feel at peace in your conflict is that that person can't give that to you. God will be there. God loves family. He loves family relationship. And I want to close with a story um, of my family. You know, I grew up in a family where my mom and dad were incredible parents. They were really great parents. They raised us well. They taught us about owning our mistakes. But my mom and dad had the worst marriage ever. In fact, growing up, I remember more bad memories 
than good ones. Of holidays, of family times, of dinner meals, of driving to church. Man, the conflict was constant. And it didn't relent for years and years and years. And it was really hard. And, I, and again, I thought we were alone. I thought that we were the Christian family that just sort of was a mess. I, I didn't know what to do about that. And my mom, her, her family and her friends, they would go to her and they would say, you need to leave him. For the sake of your children, for the sake of your marriage, you need to get out. You, you need to leave because he's never going to change. And it was really, really hard. And, and I remember hearing those conversations. And I remember my mother saying to us, to us kids, she would say, I, I won't leave until I can answer this question. I won't leave until I can answer the question that I have done everything I can to fix myself for the sake of this marriage. She took this scripture true and it saved their marriage that's why i'm saying these two scriptures have power within them to change your family dynamics to give you a uh, answer for family conflict to save your marriage and you know what it took a long time it still took a long time but at the end of the day, my dad did the same thing. He took ownership of his problems. She took ownership of his, her problems. It didn't happen overnight. It took a long time. But man, they figured it out and they stayed married. They stayed married. And there were days that I did not think that would happen. And I'm so proud of them. And this principle today, I believe, will save whatever relationship maybe is, is on the hinges for you right now. Or a relationship that you need to bring back. We talk, this whole time we've talked about wanting to create family cultures that future generations do not have to recover from. You know what I love about what happened in my story is I'm recovering a bit from what I grew up with, to be honest, in my own marriage, in my own life. I'm recovering a bit. But I'm already at a whole different place than where my parents were when I was a kid, and now my son is seeing a whole different thing than what I saw. You see how this works? Family conflict, addressing family conflict in a healthy way, just getting that finger out, can change everything. It can change everything. I believe that God loves you. I want to tell you as a pastor, I love you. I want to see you thrive in your family and in your life. Let's close our eyes and let's pray. I just want to pray for a second over your family. I want to pray for the conflict that is, has come up inside of you as you have been listening to this message. I know you're thinking about somebody, and I know you're thinking, yeah, but that can't be who she's talking about. This is a real bad family conflict. And I want to pray for you this morning. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity if you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to open up your heart to him this morning. So let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this morning. I thank you 
God, that you have opened up the scriptures. We can take godly principles and they will save our marriages and they will reunite us with our family members. God, there's not a brokenness too long or too deep that you can't heal, Jesus. I thank you that you bring life from death. God, I thank you that we, this morning as a church, we just say that the conflict within us is causing conflict with those around us. We own it, God. We're not going to let go of the family relationships that we have that are difficult and hard. We're not going to let go of them easy, God. We're going to submit them to you. We're going to invite you to come into them, Jesus. So I pray over every single person in this church this morning right now. And I ask that that conflict with that family member, oh God, I ask that you would insert yourself into that situation. I pray that you would begin to touch our hearts in a way, God, where we are not defeated by the devil's schemes to ruin our families. Lord, we love you. We love your word. We don't want to be the people who say we don't have because we don't ask God. No, we're asking God. We're asking that you would come. Thank you, Jesus, for family. Thank you for who you picked to be around us. And we dedicate our hearts to you. We dedicate our hearts to making sure our family relationships are healed and whole and good in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. And with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I... I just want to give an opportunity this morning if you say, Amritha, I'm so far from God. I'm actually the problem. I know I'm the problem. I've made the biggest mistakes. I've hurt people so bad. My sins are so great. And, and you just say, I, I, I am such a mess. I need Jesus. If you need to make a choice for Jesus this morning, you can. You can. You can decide. I love God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him change my heart. So I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three... If that's you and you say, I need to make a decision for Jesus this morning, I'm going to open up my heart to him. On the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up. Let me see it. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. I won't embarrass you, but I'm just going to pray for you. God will be the best thing that ever happened in your life. So on the count of three, one, two, three. Just slip your hand up if that's you this morning. I see that hand. I see that hand. God loves you and he cares for you. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. Thank you for raising your hand. So I'm going to have everybody look up at the screen right now. And there's a couple people that gave their hearts to Jesus this morning, which is so ridiculously amazing. And we're going to pray this prayer. Those of you that raised your hands, you're going to pray this prayer. We're going to pray it with you. And And today forever will mark your life as we pray. So we're going to say this all together at the same time. Let's read this together. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give it up for Jesus this morning?